Welcome to the Street Cop Podcast. My name is Sean Grove. I'm a new instructor for Street Cop Training. I instruct on unmasking hidden facial expressions and body language for law enforcement, which I've been doing for two and a half years now and just recently bringing it to Street Cop Training. I'm here today with a man that needs no introduction, the Red Ninja, Kenny Williams. Thanks for coming today and speaking with me in this podcast, Kenny. How you doing, bro? Pleasure to Good. be here. Good. So, Kenny, how's, how's the new dog working out? He's good, man. Yeah, we've had we've had him for three months or so, and he's been doing good. Been putting some weight on the table, so that's always a plus. Nice, nice. What a, what a, what breed is he? Did you get a big fluffy dog this time? Uh, he's a floppier dog this time. Yeah, which uh, what'd you get? I got a lab, but he's a bit, he's a big lab. He's like eighty pounds of like solid muscle. He's a he's a tank. Oh, nice, nice, nice. And how's the old dog doing in retirement? He loves it. My wife uh, takes care of him and he's loving life at home. It's like, he'll come say hi to me when I get home, but then it's uh, pretty much her dog at this point. Oh, really? Sweet. He made the switch like that? <laughs> oh, that quick too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, she feeds that's... him now. So, so he's like, that's where I get fed from. And that's my favorite person now at this point. Oh, really? Because hmm. my dog's been home since they legalized the marijuana in Jersey and he's losing his mind. When anybody walks by the house, he goes nuts. It's his new Mo- job now. Yeah, Mojo does not like people. He hates the mailman, the garbage truck, and the UPS driver. He absolutely hates them. Those are his ne- nemesis at this point of life. <laughs> Is he social otherwise, if you have him out and about? Uh, he was pretty social, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's good with dogs and people. He, now he's just getting older and kind of wants to be left alone, but he's always been very, uh, a social dog. So we were talking earlier what we're going to talk about a little bit. One of the things I want to bring up, you said, you know, bring up body language. So what are some of the your favorite red flags of body language when, when you're dealing with someone? I know you said you're very, you deal a lot with the nonverbal vocal changes or something you're dealing with because you're, the way you're set up inside the car. Yeah, so what I, I, I don't, post-stop when I go back and I'll see the, the, the facial expressions and stuff that you talk a lot about. But when I'm sitting next to people and I'm trying to multitask, I don't have the luxury of just sitting there looking at those types of things. Uh, I small focus on like voice inflections, um, the delay and the responses, how they answer the question. So if I'm talking to you and we're having a normal conversation and all of a sudden I ask something that triggers you, a lot of times you'll have this voice inflection where it'll be high pitched, like, like, oh my God, like afraid, like, oh God, or it'll be so quiet that sometimes I have to ask them to repeat themselves because it's almost like they're whispering it to me because they're not very confident in what they're trying to tell me. Um, Lots of times people are lying. It'll be one way or the other, just depending on that person's personality. Uh, so I like, I like me personally, I like when they're trying to talk real slow, like almost like whispered the answers to me. And then instead of being confident with their, their truthful responses, because in my eyes, if you're going to be whispering to me, it's something that you don't want a lot of people here and probably not even myself, like, cause you're lying about it. So you're looking for changes in tone and pitch. Yep. You look at, because you're looking at a computer a lot of time. What about paralanguage, the ums, the ahs? The, I love those. Things. Yeah, yeah. Anything that's going to delay the response. So in my eyes, if it's a truthful answer, and that's kind of how I conduct the, my traffic stops when I'm talking to people, I don't just hammer out, like, where you come from, where you're going. Like, uh, I build a rapport, and we talk about other things, and I'll ask you truthful that, answers that I know the truth to. So I'll ask you how old you are. 
or your birthday or your address. And I mix those in there with uh, your travel plans, the purpose, the length. And what happens is you'll see these people that will answer, and how old are you? I'm 30 years old. Then I try to ask them where they're coming from, and they'll give me these vague answers. We're like, um, well, I was, you know, a couple states back that way. Those types of things where the truth is, if you're driving and I ask you where you're coming from, it's like, I'm coming from Chicago. Where are you going? I'm going to New York. How long are you going to be there? Three days. Like those types of things. People that want to be deceptive about their travel plans for criminal reasons or origin or destination, there's there's something that's going to accompany that answer besides just an honest answer of I'm being I'm 30 years old like that or your birthday, you'll give it to me right away or your address right away. It's spot on. Along those lines of nonverbal vocal changes, when it comes to speed, or you know, obviously in the regular ebbs and flows of conversation, we change our, our speed. Are you noticing that it starts slowing down or speeding up when someone's given a false answer or they change in uh, mid-sentence or they just, their whole demeanor of speed, their whole speed change? Are you noticing any of that when you're dealing with people? So I've noticed if it's an untruthful answer, there's a lot of delay and it's almost like a slower response. And then if you ask them, again, I always go back to age because no one forgets how old they are or their birthday. And they usually, that's fast, quick, right to the point. And that's kind of how I look at the truth is fast, quick to the point. If you're lying, it's kind of a slow, delayed response accompanied with something else that's trying to convince me that that's the truthful statement. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. So the passenger seat interview, uh, we spoke before having this podcast, you said you want to maybe go over one of your videos because of the angles that, that you have, you're looking at the computer and then you can look back and you're going to pick on facial expressions and body language. And one of the videos we talked about, the So Camping video, and you can find that on Facebook in the Street Cop and the New Street Cop group, new group, Facebook groups. Leo, yeah, yeah, the Leo only pages. The Leo only pages. It's about 30 seconds long and we're going to share it, but this is a podcast. So we're just going to go over what I saw after watching it. So you see this woman when she's sitting there and she's holding on to She's kind of cocked sideways towards where Kenny's, the driver's seat is. And she's holding on to the, the headrest bar, almost like she's grasped it onto the head, like a, like a toilet paper dispenser bar after a night of eating Taco Bell, right? Just like, <laughs> what is that? So you see that digital flexion, that, that hand curling in, holding on to that? What, it's, a, it's a very awkward move. You see this very often when people are stressed out. People obviously ball their fists and are going to fight. They also do this very often when they're anxious and stressed out. And it also reminds me very often when you see people curl their legs in a, a formal interview. If you have them in a box, they'll curl their legs around the, the legs of the chair and actually hold on when things start getting away from them. Kind of reminded me of that. And then when you brought the dog out, it was just, it was too much for it. Before that, I saw some possible fear with the lip corners going towards the temples and what looked like a hard swallow, but she's, she got a decent sized neck on her. So it's hard to tell us <laughs> that. That's a big girl. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. There's a decent neck there. It was hard <laughs> to see how much swallowing was going on. And then when you bring the dog out, she can't even look anymore. Like a psychological distancing just looks away, brings something about God up. And then at the end, you see her look down again, almost in defeat. And those lip corners start to lower down and the breathing rate starts to go up. I mean, once the dog comes out, most of the time they know it's over, you know? So let me ask you, when you have that dog, where do you carry, do you keep your dog right behind you or do you bring like the final compartment of the, of the vehicle? So I have an SUV right now and the dog is in the cargo area. So a lot of, and my dog, both my dogs, thank God, have been super quiet. A lot of people don't even know I have dogs in the car. Um, 
so when I hit them with that, you'll start to see that almost like the panic where they start to look around my car for where the dog is. And if I had, if, if we're outside my car, when I'm running my dog and, I, and I'm paying attention to the occupants, a lot of times what I'll see is they'll completely turn their body away from the car because they don't want to see the dog alert or they'll look down at the ground or they just, they can't look at the car. They'll turn them completely away, looking at traffic and stuff. But then the entire time that we've been talking, they've been talking to me like, you know, face to face, giving some other things. But as soon as that dog comes out, if it starts, when I start walking around the car, they a complete avoidance a lot of times where they cannot look at that happen because they know that that's like ultimately their biggest fear at that moment. And if they, I don't know, for some reason, just your body's like, I don't know if you're afraid of spiders, you don't really want to be one, be by one or look at one. So if you see the police and they're going to find your dope, you don't really want to watch it happen, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's one thing I we talked about before in narcotics. I didn't have a camera in the, the couple of years I did towards the end. Half the time, the thing's up in the air. It's not looking the right air. So I didn't get a lot of watching the body language of people because I'm so focused in on my dog. When, I mean, you know how it is. You get the dog out. Yep, you're yep, paying, yep. That's what you're paying attention to. It's the dog. I mean, especially with the traffic that you're doing on the highways. So, with, uh, is there any, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, with that, I mean, with um, with the the occupants being, you know, in my car, outside my car, a lot of times, I'll once my dog finalizes, that's the kind of when I look to see what they're doing to see if you know, and that's kind of the point that I'll see that they're completely not paying attention for the first time in the entire traffic stop. They're not paying attention to what I'm doing, and they're like just staring off into space or whatever. Who knows what's going on? So that's kind of what it. I don't necessarily have the ability to watch them both, but it's like at that final spot, all of a sudden now they're completely disconnected from that car and they're looking around at other places. Gotcha. That's one thing I, I would always put the dog away after I think I told you my dog got sick. He got in a Coke. So after that happened, I talked to someone down in Florida, a handler that wrote a book. I forget what I reached out to him for something about they were carrying certain uh, anti-narcotic drugs and stuff. I just want to know about and he said they had a policy because they had a couple of their dogs get the fentanyl and not, you know, just seeing it. And they had a policy. They watched the dog afterwards. So a lot of times I was doing that. But before oh, that, I gotcha. yeah, they, I'd stay with my dog for 20 minutes after. Otherwise, they had, I remember the first time I went out for the DA, there was the guy you talk about watching right after. I put the dog in the car. He gave consent. I come out for the DA, put him in, slams the back seat. Guy's fine afterwards. I go, hey, he hit the he hit the back seat. This dude, he's doing the funky chicken, and I see his <laughs> legs wobble, and he sat himself on the curb because he's just oh, so overcome with just it just done. And they left the back seat, and I'm not Brad Gilmore, so I've just you know if I left the back seat, nothing's there. I would have been like, oh, it's the end of the day. But it's the DA, and they popped the uh, the gas tank. They had gas tank access in there, and all the shit was inside there. The so setting unit on top. Yeah, I don't even know what it's called, dude. I've never go. I'm, I'm on the phone call. I'm the one calling somebody all the time. My dog hid here. Well, how's the trap work? You know, I've never found I a trap you. without the dog. The dog always yeah. finds a trap. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So, except one time, though, there was one time one of the center console ones where he just looked in. I actually accidentally hit something and it started motorizing, making a motor noise. And I was like, what, what's going on here? He must have already had to set it up. It was like a search warrant situation. So he was about to go sell and he'd been making his deals and probably just left that trap in whatever sequence and hitting the button the cup holder button started like that final movement and it was it was one of the center console type deals that's pretty awesome yeah yeah so besides always getting asked about your passenger seat interviews are there any other questions you got asked uh, even close to that 
the amount that you get asked about the passenger seat interviews? No, the, I mean, the passenger seat is the, is the biggest, uh, and I think that it, you just have to understand that perspective and take, or understand it and take it perspective. If you work in a, a rough area, I'm not like the front seat is not the best tactic, but uh, it's been around since I could early or late eighties, early nineties that I could find actual videos of it taking place down in like Texas and stuff. So it's not something that's completely abnormal to law enforcement. It's just abnormal to uh, the greater population of law enforcement. Cause a lot of us work in a more of an urban environment where there's a lot more cops, uh, you know, you don't see a lot of, um, there's not a lot of rural cops. It, you know, you, when you go to look at population of cops, it's, it's in, it's in a bigger populated city. So, uh, it's abnormal for them, but it's not abnormal for everyone. Um, but beyond that, I don't know of any other crazy types of questions or um, even critiques of, of my tactics beyond that. Uh, I'm trying to think of any. Not really. Like, that's the biggest one that I get, you know, I get, it's not even, I, I think 95% of them, the questions I get are more inquisitive because people aren't exposed to it. It's not, there's, you got that 5% where they're like, you know, that they don't, they don't, they're so anti it without even understanding it. Uh, the other 95% are asking inquisitively to maybe learn. And then when I explain, you know, all the reasons why behind it, they're like, well, I work in New York city. I'm like, yeah, I would never do it in New York city. Like that's completely a different realm. Um, so yeah, but I don't think there's any other questions that I get at a mass quantity like that anyways. Yeah, that's actually the one. I think I reached out to you a couple of years ago on Facebook Messenger. I was like, "Hey, what's up? With, how do you do this? Like, how did you know?" And, and you explained it the same way, and I wasn't critiquing you in any way. I was just curious right. about it because where I worked, that was not a thing. I never put and, and it I, in And I, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I would never tell you to supersede a boss or a, a, a you know an admin or a prosecutor or anything like that. Like, if they don't want you to do it that way, like. I'm not, I'm not telling you you have to do that. It's just a way that's a way. Um, and I understand that it's, it's foreign to a lot of places, but I also wouldn't tell you of a way that you conduct your traffic stop. I wouldn't be like, I might ask you like, well, why did you do that? And if you had a legitimate, like, Oh, for, you know, safety reasons or this or that, like, I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. I wouldn't do it necessarily, but cool. I, I get it. I understand it. I can relate to it. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense once you broke it down because you, you look at proxemics and the study of space. How often are we sitting next to someone? Right? We're, usually we're someone, we're working together with somebody as a team. Like, hey, right. you're looking at the car, they bring up in interviews. Why not? Sometimes we're always sitting across, which is good to build rapport, eye contact, and things of that nature. Which you said, you know, that's an issue for you when you're the way you're sitting, you're not going to pick up on that. But sometimes, if you're interviewing somebody and you're starting to work on the same project, let's say an informant that's telling you where they pick up the drugs or even a defendant that's saying, Hey, yes, I did it. This is where I started shooting or whatever the case may be. Why not slide next to them? And now you're working on something together, looking at the same piece of paper or whatever and, it is. Right. And I, I've seen uh, even some detectives now, like in the interview room, like they'll start off like facing each other. And I don't know at what point, I'm not a detective, but I'll see where they'll like move their chair position and they're like sitting side by side and like so super close talking to them. It's a very intimate, uh, it makes it, it makes the setting very intimate. And I think that my biggest thing with interdiction or it just being cops in, in general is communication. And I can build a good rapport when we're close. And, and like, you know, we talk, 
there's people that I'm talking about sports with and all kinds of crazy things. Like I know a little bit about like everything, I think just so I can have, you know, a 10 minute conversation with people. Um, and, and that intimate setting, I think helps break down that rapport. So I have a better rapport and, you know, and I'm not just hammering them about, it's not an interrogation style. It's more of me like befriending them and then picking up on cues that they tell me and then, and then going from there. But it ultimately breaks down that barrier. Um, I feel a lot better when they're in my front seat with me. Okay. You have, you always done that? Is that something? No, 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 no. Like, so my first five years, I worked just general patrol and I never did it. My first two years of working the highway, uh, some guys have, you know, talked about this tactic and showed me. And I was like, I didn't understand it and I didn't do it. And not until after training that way. And then did I start to implement it? But that was probably three, four years after working interdiction that I started to implement it, to understand it. But the, you know, the first five, seven to eight years of my career, uh, I wouldn't, I would never do it. Okay. Did you have the dog? How long have you had the dog for? I've been a hand. Um, I got the dog two or three years into working interdiction. So my first dog, I think, was 2014 or 2015 till now. And so that's seven years. Yeah, that's about right. And then and then uh, this one. But I worked interdiction for two years before I had a dog. Okay. Sorry, it's pronounced dog. What am I saying? Dog. <laughs> we, everyone says that we say it messed up i think you guys do yeah i don't know we, we, it's dog it's then it <laughs> says i have the worst accent of anyone in the country so like i i get it all the time from him really i think it's pretty neutral that's what i thought but then it says i sound like i'm like canadian or something he's like i don't know he always, <laughs> he always mimics me uh i think it's pretty accurate though when he mimics me so i can't be too mad I think it's it's pretty pretty neutral. I think me and Dennis have stronger accents. This part of the country is strong. I agree there. Yeah. You go to the deep south, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a strong accent as well. The deep south, the southwest border, like Southern California has a, a big one, and then I think you guys have a big one. How was that out in South, Southern California? I think I texted you about it. Or, yeah, I mean... Uh, that it was great. It was. I mean, even the people out there, like, I, I didn't see the stuff that the media portrays it to be. I'm sure that it's there. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I was walking around a police shit the whole time and I didn't hear anyone give me any t- type of negative response whatsoever. Were you in, you were in Orange County, right? So no, uh, we might've went to Orange County. We, but we were in, uh, Long Beach. We went to Beverly Shores. We went to Hollywood. We went to, um, like the Anaheim area. Um, I don't know. I we went to LA. Like, uh, Jay took me to some cool places to take fo- uh, photographs, and uh, yeah, those were some rougher areas. And I was wearing street cap shit, and no one said a word to us. Hmm. It's interesting. Even this, I did the first West Coast thing last May. Yeah, May I was out in Washington State. And I was a little concerned because you know people are different in different parts of the country. I didn't know if the cops were going to be the same way. Cops, you know, you go down south, you go Midwest. You go to the Northeast, you're dealing with cops, cops have the same mentality. And I told I told the class at the end, I said, thank you very much uh, for, for having me. I, I'm, it's good to see you guys have the same mentality as 
the rest of the country because we always think of the West Coast being a little, you know, a little different. Yeah. At least a little more on, on the liberal side, but I don't feel, I feel like, I mean, cops are cops overall. I feel like the media portrays it. I mean, even if your laws are a little different or whatever, like I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking like the media, I think, portrays the, um, the most anti-law enforcement, most anti-government type things that they can, where I don't feel that the actual population is, the majority of the population is actually, that's what they feel. I think that they they pick the outliers that are on both sides and they show those. And when in all actuality, that's 5%, 5%, 90% of us are like the norms. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel that, I feel like they take the outliers to create some type of whatever, I don't know what their goal is, but to create, I mean, it sells papers, it sells their their news. So they take these 5% and portray that. And that's kind of the perception that we have. Because I had that perception going to Southern California. I was kind of, I was like, damn, man, this should be interesting. But then the host, the host was actually cool as fuck. So I was like, all right, that's good. Um, and then every every cop I met was absolutely amazing. There wasn't one that I had anything negative to say about. And then the people, I didn't have any. Like, everyone was cool. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree that you get those two outliers. That's a, that's a good description of it. Now, you don't just bring up politics. Not that I want to talk politics at all. <laughs> it's, you know, shun anyone away. But in, do you guys have legalized weed in Indiana yet? Or is it on its way? No, we have no medical and we have no legalization. Indiana's, Indiana also, you have to understand, until 2012, you couldn't buy booze on Sundays in Indiana. That's how conservative we are. So I don't see Indiana legalizing it based on those standards that they followed for so long uh, they might be one of the last states unless it goes federal and they legalize it i don't know i i i could see indiana being one of the, the holdouts just the way that booze went and you weren't even able to buy booze on sundays until 2012 like i could see that progression taking a long time well can you you can buy jameson now on sundays correct <laughs> yeah absolutely all right i was gonna say as you get the black barrel you guys have that out there uh, i don't think so no you drink Jameson? Uh, occasionally, I usually around St. Patrick's Day. I have I have several bottles of it, but I don't I don't know about the black label. Yeah, it's Black Barrel Jameson. Try it; it's it's very smooth. Very what about the gold? The what about the gold barrel stuff? That's yeah, that's and it's a higher proof. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's different though. They char the other one. I don't, oh, whatever okay, that okay. means. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm just a consumer. I don't, I don't make this. Stuff. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know what I mean? but I yeah, maybe you're a Jameson kind of sewer over there. So I was going to ask some questions. No, nah, I'm not coming. <laughs> I'll drink it, but I don't, I don't know where it's made of. Like I'm not going to Dublin to go check out the factory or anything like that. You know what I mean? That would be, that would be a cool trip though. Yeah, it would. It would. So anything else you'd like to talk about today? We'll what, wrap it up. What you got? You got any classes coming up or anything? Where are you going to be at? Yeah. I'm, my first class with Dennis under street cop is going to be in Vegas. So I'm going to fucking jump into the game. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. So I, you know, then after that, I'm going to Alabama and uh, the great state of Texas, March, I got a couple, couple other places. I don't know. I'll be at back out in Washington state. It's in May. And then, you know, just kind of filling in everything. Do I, what are you going to be in? What are you going to be in Vegas? What, what, what month, what day, you know? The end of January, January, okay. it's like 26, 27, somewhere around there. So it's coming up. And then is your class a one day or two day? Or are you doing, you breaking it up to two different classes? 
two different classes. It's the way I've always done it. The one, the unmasking hidden facial expressions and then body language from law enforcement. The reason being is they are two different topics. One, you're focusing on the face and the head. The other one's going to be full body and nonverbal vocal changes, foreshadowing and other threat indicators and using it for deception as well. The thing is, though, we all know with manpower issues, it's easier for a cop to get somewhere for one day as opposed to two. So I'm not, I've never put it together. Oh, yeah. So, no, no, that makes sense. I was just curious uh, of how it was running. I just didn't get, I don't know. I didn't have the, I knew that it was like two different classes, but I didn't know if you're running them together or separate. Yeah, so you can go. If, if, if a host wanted to have you, would you do one or do you require them to, to host both classes? I try to do both, depending on where it is. For you, if you, you. if you would have me out in Indiana, of course, <laughs> I would come one. If you just wanted me one day, that's fine. But if, for the most part, I want to go to, if I'm going out somewhere, I want to go for the two days. Because no, I'm already making sense. the trip. If I'm in the Northeast, if a place in Jersey, Pennsylvania, it's like, hey, we really just want to have you one day. Fine. That's, you know, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right. Good deal. Yeah. Where, where are you going next? Where am I? I'll be in Chicago. What is the? I'll be in Chicago December 6th. And then January down in North Carolina, February, uh, Kansas City. March, Michigan, Jackson, Michigan. That's all I know off the top of my head. That's all. A couple months out, I kind of plan it out like that. Uh, it's just the Chicago. When you say Chicago, you're talking about the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. I'll, no, I'll, I'll be um, I'll be one county south of actually Cook County. I'll be in Will County. Okay. It's one of those cities where people say of Chicago, yeah. and they kind of mean everything. For us in New Jersey, you'd say. I wouldn't say we're going to Newark or New York City. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah. it's one of those things. Like, but here we're very specific about where we're at. And I think like everything's Chicago, so, yeah, everything's so spread out here. So if I just say the Chicago area, like that's kind of like, you know, an hour outside any direction because everything's so spread out. Um, where you guys have fucking major cities every 30 minutes, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure we're smudged between New York and Philly and then all the shit in between. It's just urban for a lot of it. Besides the pine barrens, that's a different world down here. That's that's South Jersey. What is that? Oh, we're, I got you. Yeah, there's and there is a Central Jersey. There, people will tell you there's no. It's just North and South. No, there's a Central Jersey. That's where. Wait, I'm what is that? Like three, three miles? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, it's there's a it's, there's a decent chunk that's Central Jersey, but there's a once you go over the Raritan River in New Jersey, there is a vast difference between the North, where it's very congested. And then parts of the south, like down by AC and stuff like that. It's pretty. I mean, if you if you go away from the water, it's pretty rural down there, actually. Like if you take like when I when I fly in there, I fly into Philly and then going across. If I if I'm going to South Jersey, it's it's. I mean, yeah, it's kind of looks like where I live. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, yeah. it's 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 still like you know you're within 30 minutes of anything that's pretty populated. But there's some definitely uh, farmland and rural areas out there. Yeah, well, if you go to the Pine Barrens down there, there's it's thick. I mean, it's it's not. I've gone hiking a bunch down there. I like to go hiking, but it's it's the solitude you like. There's not much to see. There's cranberry bogs. And then also, if you go up north, there's mountains areas. My sister lives in an area. She's got black bears coming all the time. She had a family of them the other day. The ring guy, the ring doorbell. There are four of them walking across the front, and that's you know that's it's crazy. For as populated as we are, they they showed up in where we worked, where me and Dennis worked a couple times. 
And yeah, it's like, well, what do you do with them? You know, you try to corral them around. And that's where the ones like you got it. You're working in another section of town. You're getting your ass over there because you want to see the bear. Because <laughs> yeah, okay. people don't know how to act with the bear either. There's people coming out the front, like trying to go near it. Like, no, it's a bear. This is not, you know, the circus. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's crazy. You got bears over there? Northern India? We do. We just don't. I mean, I've never seen one over here. Um, we have them up in like Wisconsin. The wife's family has a cabin up in Wisconsin. We go up there, we see them. But I, I theoretically, we're supposed to have them. I know we, that like randomly the DNR will send stuff out when that one's been spotted. I've never seen one in real life in Indiana. Okay. Like in person, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a decent amount. I think I've read somewhere Route 80, which that runs through you, right? There's an 80 and 90 combined out that way. Yep, yep. Yeah, north of Route 80 in New Jersey, there's over 3,000 black bears. So if you yeah. go hiking up there, you'll see them. I've seen them before. You know, you do the old hay bear and wave your fucking arms <laughs> up. Like they tell you on National Geographic and then they run away. You know, that's, so they, they, that's what I said. They just can't complete avoidance of you, more than likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's our wildlife out here in New Jersey. The black bears and, and fox. We got foxes all over the place. Oh, it's crazy. Foxes. And then not too many silver foxes, but red fox. <laughs> it's a good color. <laughs> I, have, I, I do have a question so like when you're talking to people uh are you looking more for like the body are you combining everything together the facial expressions with the body and all that stuff are you able so you've been doing it for so long are you able to see the facial expressions before you see the body it's like me personally if i'm looking at people i would probably start to see the body before the face would do you see the face because i would assume the facial things would probably lead before the body or might is it all in, independent per person it depends on the person I'm dealing with in the situation. But for the most part, I'm looking at the whole body at first. Because on the street, you're dealing with someone. I don't want anybody clenching their fists, things of that nature. Are they bladed? Are there any other indicators? This person trying to pull their pants up. What's what's going on with their full body? And then when I'm talking to them, I'm, I'm focusing a lot on the face, especially in response to things I'm asking. But also on top of that, I also want to pay attention to the feet. Because the feet are great. People think about what to do with their face sometimes, try to tamper down their emotions. As opposed, and, and even with their hands, people don't know what to do with their hands a lot. They tuck them under here, they, they play with them, but they try to restrict it. Like maybe they'll try to keep their hands straight and side. I'll pay attention to that too. But the lower body, people aren't paying attention too much of what they're, where their feet are pointing, right? It's something that I really want to pay attention to while I'm talking to someone. And I have to remember to look down because a lot of times we're so caught up with the upper body, right? So I'm, I get asked, where should I look very often is one of the questions I get asked. And I always say, you got to do, you do a scan for the most part. You could do look and use your peripherals, looking at the center of someone's body and try to take everything in, but you're going to miss stuff. It's just the way it is. I do mentoring for this pro, Joe Navarro's bilingual program. And I get asked by a few people who are like, you know, how do I, how am I going to catch everything? I'm still missing things. We're not fucking robots. right? We're, we're going to miss right. things. If I'm yep. looking at your face, I'm going to miss your feet. If I'm looking at your feet, I'm going to miss your face. So it's just the way it is. In the same way, you're listening to nonverbal vocal changes doing what you're doing. You're going to miss stuff even if you're looking at them trying to concentrate. You're going to be able to concentrate on what, what's being said, what you're going to ask next. That nonverbal vocal change, you might miss that hand that's patting the back pocket a couple times, right? Right. Yep. There's a bundle of dope or something. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. I bring up dope. Do you guys, you package your hair in wax paper folds out there or you use the baggies? No, I had no idea what that was until I started talking to people from the East Coast. 
we've I've never seen them ever uh, besides from you guys out there. Uh, we usually um, trying to think we'll see like capsules or like the little like jewelry bags. That's kind of or even uh, aluminum foil like folds. Um, but that's the most common. We don't see necessarily those like uh, wax paper bags. That's a that's definitely unique to you guys. Might be other places in the country, but I think it's the biggest out east. When you, when you say jewelry bags, are you talking about like the little nickel and dimes you you put weed into? The yeah, like plastic the zip, with the ziplock on top. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah. Because I I just think because I've always when I've had to explain the wax paper folds, the glass seam packets to people out of state. I always bring up that it's something you would put jewels in. Like it's oh, the only other place, right? Like you, you might, that's what I picture a jeweler using, dropping a couple jewels in that kind of wax paper. Otherwise yeah. it's hard to, to describe to people because it's not something that you see every day. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but like those, those same, like if you're not putting dope in those like uh little Ziploc bags, what the fuck is this purpose of? And that's the only thing I think it's like jewelry. Like, I don't even know where that came from, but that's kind of what we call them. They're like little jewelry Ziploc bags. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's uh, maybe a button. Maybe put the button in there. Right? <laughs> that, that's their button they give you. You got to keep guess. that for your, for your pants and shit. <laughs> right, right. I guess so. Thanks for meeting with me. You got anything else you want to go over? I'm good, man. Uh, I think I'm going to go to dinner with the wife now. Oh, nice. All right, thanks again, Kane, for meeting up with me today. It's good talking to you. Yeah, for sure, bro. It's always a pleasure. We'll do it again. We'll maybe do something more in depth. Maybe we could dissect an entire video. I know it's a podcast, but maybe we could kind of talk about that, like just go through it step by step and maybe make it into a, uh, I don't know, like a YouTube type thing or something. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Just got to get someone on the technology and for us on that one because I, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm sure Dennis will hook us up with someone, though. All right. Thanks again, Kenny. Stay safe. Yeah, pleasure, man. You too. Same here. Take care. Later.